So I'm a real, real big fan of food, okay? Uh, and I'm not like a stuck-up like connoisseur of food. Like I just like what I like, and I, and I'm and I'm not super picky, but I also and, but I also like don't care. Like for me, it's quantity over quality. Like if I can go to Sam's Club and I can get a hot dog, a piece of pizza, a drink, and an ice cream sundae under five dollars, that to me is the best meal I've ever had in my entire life compared to like a $60 steak somewhere or like something fancy. Like if I can spend the least amount of money and get the most amount of food, then I'm, I'm in it, okay? Like I decide where I go based on how much food can I get for the amount of money that I, like I have. I'm also a little bit cheap when it comes to food as I'm finding out, as I'm talking to you about this right now. But nonetheless, I love food, okay? And I always have been. And I remember as a kid, I would ask the same thing to my parents every night. I would go, hey, mom, dad, What's for dinner? I always wanted to know what was for dinner because I wanted to know what I had to look forward to. Was it Rice Oriental Hamburger Helper or was it going to be Cheeseburger Macaroni Hamburger Helper? I knew it was going to be a Hamburger Helper. I just wanted to know which one it was going to be. That's all. Okay. I was really, really excited about it. And so my parents, for some reason though, they would always talk in code. Like they didn't want to tell me what we were having for dinner for some reason. Now I know as an adult... They were stalling because they too themselves did not know what they were going to be cooking for that night. But they would say things like, oh, we're going to go eat at the Tennyson restaurant. And I would get all excited because I love to go out to eat. And I'd be like, oh my goodness, the Tennyson restaurant. That sounds fancy. I wonder where that is. I wonder what I can get. I wonder if they have chicken fingers. I'm excited to go to the Tennyson restaurant. And then we would go home because our last name is Tennyson. And that was just our house. So they would say we're going to a Tennyson restaurant, and that was just going home to eat, which was extremely disappointing for me. Uh, then, then my granny, okay, my, I call my grandma Granny, and I'd be like, hey, Granny, what are we having for dinner? Okay, and she would say, we're having muscos. And I'm like, oh, muscos, that sounds like some, like, is that like an indigenous people's meal or something like that? What is this? This sounds fancy. This sounds exotic. Okay, and so I'm sitting down at the table getting ready for muscos. And I don't know what that is. It sounds kind of like tacos, and I like tacos, okay? And all of a sudden, across the table is Tupperware uh, of all of the past meals over the last week. And I go, Granny, this is, uh, this is leftovers. And she goes, yes, and they must go. And I go, okay, and so now all of a sudden we got to eat the leftovers, and I hate, I hate leftovers for the most part, all right? There are good leftovers, and there are bad leftovers, but I, for the most part, do not like leftovers. I don't like having for lunch or dinner the next day what I had for dinner the last night, okay? I, I want variety. I need change. I don't want to eat the same old hamburger helper that I had two days ago that it was okay two days ago. It doesn't taste any better two days from now after it's been sitting in the fridge and it's now been heated up in that plastic Tupperware in a microwave. It doesn't taste better. I don't want to eat it, but it must go. And so I'd have to sit there and I'd have leftover nights. Maybe your parents called it like fend for yourself night or like clean out the fridge night. I don't know. Everybody had like a different name for this, but I did not like it. Because there's things that taste great the first time and they don't taste good left over, okay? Fried chicken. Fried chicken is one of those things. I don't know what it is about fried chicken. If you don't eat, like if you eat it and it's delicious and then you put it in the microwave, something crazy happens to that chicken and it does not taste the same and it does not taste good. The thing you have the most left over after Thanksgiving, mashed potatoes. I love mashed potatoes. Leftover mashed potatoes, straight trash. I don't understand what happens to them in the fridge, but I never eat leftover mashed potatoes. The turkey 
doesn't taste all that great. Unless you eat it cold, it's okay if you eat it cold, but I don't know, reheated turkey is not good. Salad, if you put that dressing on that salad and you put it in the fridge and eat it later, you're having soggy salad. Nobody wants soggy salad, okay? Uh, and any bread that was like hot and warm early, I don't know, it just doesn't taste good. But there, but there are some, okay, I will admit, there are some things that hit different like two days later, okay? You eat it, you eat it, and then the leftovers are pretty dang good. Okay, any kind of pasta dish, spaghetti leftover, that's good stuff. I don't know, like lasagna, Julie made a big old tray of lasagna, we only ate about half of it, and I was going, I liked it, it's good, okay? So pasta dishes, desserts, yeah, that's good leftover, I don't care. I, I slowly worked on a pumpkin roll, like a big old thing, for like three days since Thanksgiving. It was the best, okay? I just, I don't mind desserts. Uh, Chinese food, it holds up real well, okay? You cook it back in the, the, the thing, you stick it in the microwave, that tastes good. Soup, I mean, I'm not thrilled about having soup again anyway, but nonetheless, it, it's okay. But obviously, everything, the one thing everybody likes, pizza, right? Pizza leftover. Oh man, I loved when we had pizza. I would eat it for breakfast after like the next day. It was the best, but sometimes, Leftovers are the best, and sometimes, we got to admit, leftovers are the worst. But tonight, we're going to talk about the good and the bad of leftovers. So leftovers are relevant in our life beyond just talking about food, because at times, we find that we give the best of ourselves to everyone and everything in our life, while we just leave the bad leftovers for God. We don't prioritize him. Instead, we just give him what's left over of our time and our resources. Or maybe we only really care about God when we are in need of something from him. But Nehemiah is very clear that this is not the biblical way of orienting our life. In 1035, it says, we promise to bring the first part of every harvest to the Lord's temple year after year, whether it be a crop from the soil or from our fruit trees. So obviously, you don't have to be a farmer to relate to this verse, okay? What it's talking about here is whatever our resources are. And so for a lot of us as high school students, our biggest resource is our time. Each of us only have so many hours in a day, and how we allocate those hours really matters. And for the majority of us, we might not know exactly how we should be doing it. We know that for a certain amount of time, we have to sleep, okay? I'm a big 12-hour sleeper. If you let me sleep for 12 hours, I will do it. Do I need to sleep 12 hours all the time? No, I don't. So you know, a certain amount of your day needs to be dedicated to sleeping just to survive. But really, the rest of it and how you feel it is kind of up to you. But Matthew 6:33 advises us, it says, seek the kingdom above all else. Live righteously. And I love this promise that says, if you do this, he will give you everything you need. This verse is literally promising you. He's saying, if you will do this, I'll provide for you. I will come through for you. If you are in need of something, guess what? I'll be able to give it. And so what we have to do is decide, okay, if I want this promise, if I feel like I'm always out of something, I never have enough money, time, peace, or good enough relationships, it might be because there's somewhere, something in your life that's misplaced. You're not putting God first. You're not making him a priority. You're only giving him your leftovers. And as a result, he's not able to give you what that verse promises. He's not able to give you everything that you are in need of. 
Now, this verse is clear. It does not say that in order for you to get those promises, that you have to devote the majority of the hours of your day to worshiping God. That's not his expectation. He understands we have to sleep, you have school, you have jobs. He created us to have those things. And so what he's saying in this verse is it's more about the order of your priorities rather than like the size that you're allocating to them. So what he wants is for you to make him a priority, meaning that you fight to make time happen when you are with him. And so I kind of want us to think of it like this because maybe it's not so clear yet. So we just had Thanksgiving, okay? And hopefully you all enjoyed your time. I know I did. And so we've got some leftover Thanksgiving food on the table. So turkeys are expensive, so we bought chicken, you know, inflation, all that good stuff, okay? Um, We got some rolls here. We got some potatoes. And we have, well, this is supposed to be stuffing, but we all know this is not good stuff. Does anyone's family cook with this stuff? No, 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 no. You use real bread, okay? You don't use this stuff, okay? I'm just saying. All right. Then we have this tub here. So let's say this, this tub contains your day. So everything that you do is right here. And so what this verse is asking us to do, if we can just keep that verse on the board, because I'll keep referring to it, is it's saying we need to put God first. Well, what does that look like? Well, it's saying, well, he should be like the big should be the big guy, the big turkey, the big chicken in your day. So he should be taking up a lot of it. But that doesn't necessarily mean he needs to be taking up all the hours of your day. Instead, he's just saying, you need to put me in first to make sure that there's room for me. Hope you didn't open this. Struggling. You need to make sure that there's room for me before anything else, okay? Oh, okay. So chicken, he's there. That's the meat. That's the important stuff. That's your time with God. It's in first. And now what the Lord is saying, okay, you still have so much room in your day. You still have so much more time. And so you can fill that with whatever you want. Now, for a lot of us, that has to be school. Now, if school were one of these items, I'd say it's a potato, okay? Because when you first look at it, it doesn't have a lot going for it. But, you know, some education, some investment eventually can turn into some French fries or something, okay? And so you start putting that in there. And that can come next because God's in there first. Should I just put a bunch in there? Okay, because school takes up a lot of our time. Okay, and so now we got school in there. Okay, and so now you reevaluate your priorities. So you're like, okay, I got God. That's good. Check, he's in there. I know I have time for him in the day. Next, I need to prioritize school because it is important. Now, what else do I have time for? Well, sports. I've got time for that. Sure, so let's go ahead and put some rules in there. Maybe you like to play football, run track soccer, math might be a sport for you. I don't know. Okay. So there's still room in there for that. And then you can say, all right, well, I really like my friends, like big fan of them. They should have some time in my day. They should be a priority. Absolutely. God's not saying you don't have time for friends. God's not saying you don't have time for school or for sports, but you just put that in there afterwards. And so there's plenty of room for all of it. But what I love about this verse is he's promising. He's saying, if you put me in first, then I will bless your school. If you put me in first, then I will bless the sports that you play. If you put me in first, then I will bless your friendships and your relationships. And again, we're not saying that by putting God first that you have to spend the majority of your hours with him. That's not what he's asking. Instead, he just wants to make sure that you are prioritizing him first, making sure that you have time for him first and then worrying about everything else second. It's not about quantity, It's about quality for him. 
So what are some practical ways that we can do this to incorporate God into our routine? Well, the first thing that I recommend, something that I started doing when I was about your guys' age, is listening to worship while driving to school. Now, some of you have your own cars. Some of you do the bus. You walk to school. That's like 15, 20 minutes commute right there, depending on where you live. Just listen to worship music. That means that you're putting God in right there, right first. You're prioritizing him. You are putting room in your day to spend time with him. Another recommendation that I would say is just put something on your mirror to remind you to check in with God in the morning as you're getting ready. And then when you go to bed at night, you're brushing your teeth or whatever. Then again, that reminder is on your mirror. Hey, check in with God. Just have a quick prayer. It doesn't have to be over a minute, over even 30 seconds, but just thank him for something in your day. Ask him for whatever it is you need. Maybe you want to put your armor of God on in the morning before you go to school. Just check in with him right before you're getting ready and then as you're getting ready at night or getting ready to go to bed at night. Another recommendation is the YouVersion app. It makes the Bible so accessible. It's completely free. The entire Bible can be downloaded on your phone and they have tons of plans on there that get you into the Bible. Maybe you're like, I don't know where to start reading God's word. I don't know even know how the first step of how to put him first in my life. Well, that is a great way to do it because it will set you up with a Bible plan each day, a little bit of the Bible to read. It breaks those verses down for you and then it sets reminders for you every single morning. Another thing that you can do is make church a real priority. Now, some of you are here every single week and so you're saying, yeah, I make church a priority. But just because you're here doesn't necessarily mean that you're putting him first while you're here. A lot of you may be just coming for the relationships, for the friendships. Your boyfriend here is your girlfriend is here. You want to check in on that old ex-boyfriend that you have, see what he's doing. Or maybe your best friends come and that's really, really awesome. We want you to have those relationships. But also, we want you to pay attention to what the Lord's doing. So maybe you can say, okay, I actually want to put him first at church. So maybe during worship, I'm not going to be so concerned about what my friends are doing. I'm not going to worry about what they're thinking while I'm worshiping. Maybe during the sermon, I'm not going to whisper to them every five seconds a funny joke that I'm thinking about, or I'm not going to be trying to entertain them. Instead, I'm going to focus in because the Lord might actually really want to speak something to me. It means being here weekly, but it also means prioritizing him while you're here. And some of you are pretty consistent or inconsistent. So you're not here every single week. Maybe it's once a month. Maybe it's every few months. I would encourage you, put God first. Figure out in your week, in your schedule, how can I make sure that there's time to get here to 4640 so I can make sure that I'm hearing the word of God. He doesn't just want your leftovers. He wants you to put him first when you're building your schedule. And then he promises that he will then give you everything you need. Now, you may still notice in our bucket of the day, you have a little bit more time left. So what should you do with this leftover time? Well, I don't know. You can ask Joe. Okay, so we've got our day, and it seems like we feel like we don't have a lot of time. We go, oh, I don't have time for that. I don't have time to spend any time reading the Bible. I'm uh, reading a Bible plan on version. I don't have time to listen to worship music. I don't have time to, to do all of those things. And we don't want to give God our bad leftovers. If, if you didn't put God in first and this was your life, and instead of God being the first thing you put in, you put in friends or, or whatever, and you still had all of this little extra space in between, you, we don't want to give God our leftovers. But also, like we were talking before, there's some really good leftovers out there. And maybe God wants some of those things first. 
too. Maybe he wants some of those leftovers as well. We want to put God first. We want to make sure we are making sure that we have set apart time, things that we're going to do every day or, or almost every day that allows us to really focus in on God and make sure God is a part of our life. But also there is a lot of space in our day that we fill up with something else. And we do want quality over quantity, and it doesn't have to be these huge things. And when are you at your best? When are you, at your, are you the least distracted? Can you give him some of that time? But now, like, let's think about this, okay? We have all of this space left over, and the question is, well, what do we fill it up with? And I have an answer for myself, and I wonder if it's the same answer for you. Like, for instance, if I just stop talking for a second, and I just let it be silent, silent in the room, How many of you are just dying to check your phone right now? How was the first thought when you got a little uncomfortable and you didn't know what to do and you were like in this awkward situation where you're just like, uh, uh-huh, let me just go ahead and check those things. I don't know if it's, it, it might just be me, but I don't think it is just me because it's, it's, a, it's a thing that it seems like we're all there. If there's an awkward situation, if, we're, if there's any kind of lull in our lives, if there's just that tiny bit of space, we, 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 want, we don't want to just sit there and like think about thinking we're going to be like, and, and I'm good, okay? Like if I'm, if I'm just sitting there and there's nothing going on, this is the first thing to come, that comes out. And all of a sudden, I'm, I'm scrolling on, on Insta or I'm on TikTok or I'm, I'm playing a game. I don't know, whatever it is, but it seems like all of these gaps in my life, and I don't know if it is about in your life, but all of the little tiny spaces that are left over in my life when I put all of the things in are getting filled with that. But you would be surprised if we started, we just said, okay, what's this meal missing? Uh, it's missing some gravy, okay? We would be really surprised at how much gravy we could fill this thing up with. I would not doubt that there we could easily fill, even to just this line, like a gallon of gravy, because it would fill in all of those spaces. And I don't know about you. I, I get a screen time, uh, screen time report. Who gets a screen time report? Who wants to feel bad about themselves once a week? Yeah, I do. Uh, and so every Sunday morning, I get a screen time report, and they're just like, you spent four and a half hours on your phone a day. And I was like, what? Four and a half hours on my phone, okay? And I'm like, how? When? When? I wasn't even on my phone. I was busy. I was doing stuff. But it's the in-between times. It's the little stuff. I just have that quiet second, and all of a sudden I'm on that thing, for, and that second turns into five minutes. And then I'm over here, you know, and I'm sitting there, and it's just like, oh, there's a lull in my, my life here. There's nothing going on. The kids are watching, watching a movie here. I'm going to hop on just for a second. 30 minutes later, it just happens. And so it becomes my gap filler. And it becomes like the leftover time in my life when I put the big things in, the leftover time actually is a lot more than I realized. But maybe what we need to do is we need to make sure that God gets some of that good leftover time in the in-betweens, in the little bits of time throughout the day. Mark 12 tells this interesting story about this woman and God, Jesus, it's Jesus' time, and he's alive, and he's sitting there at the temple, and he's watching people bring their gifts 
of their offerings, basically, to the temple. And let's read it together. It says, Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put two very small copper coins worth, only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, truly, I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasure than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. And Jesus noticed this woman, and he loved that this woman gave what little she had. And it wasn't nearly as much as someone else. And it, and it, but the sacrifice that she made in that moment was greater. Her heart was more present in that gift than the rich men who gave far more than her, than their heart was in their gift. So what makes a good leftover gift to God is choosing him over something else. The heart to want to honor and be close to the Father. God doesn't just want one moment during a day. It's, it's, not, a good, it's not a good relationship. If, if you're your best friend, you wouldn't consider yourselves close if you spent five minutes a day hanging out and then you didn't talk rest of the day. You wouldn't consider that a good friendship. But if there was an interaction, if there was moments where there's nothing going on and you want to text them and say, hey, what's going on? How are you doing? What, what are you doing? And those, those, those relationships that you have in real life, God wants that same kind of relationship where the gaps, where the little tiny leftover bits of time, can we use those times to grow closer to Jesus? We don't want to waste all the leftovers. We want to use some of those to make sure that we're getting back to Jesus. We're getting back to him. Jesus' desire is to be close to us, not just in one moment of the day, not just in one moment, but in every moment of every day. He wants to be a part of it. It says, in, it says in the Psalms that Jesus delights in every detail of our lives. So if Jesus delights in every detail of our lives, that means he delights in this, this little moment right here. And he delights in, in, in that little moment right down there. And, and this moment in between some of the stuffing and the rolls and the chicken. And he, he delights in every single detail of our lives. And so if he delights in those things, then he wants to be a part of those things. His heart, his desire is that he can be a part of all those things. And so maybe you're going through a day and you're like, man, I did not give God the first. I did not give him the best. That doesn't mean we just go, well, I'll try again tomorrow. I won't have any time with him. God wants that desire. All of a sudden, all I've got left, God, just like that widow, it's those two coins. All I got left is just a little bit. But you know what? I, I could spend it on something that I think will fill me up. You know, I just kind of want to unwind. I'd, I'd rather play some video games. I'd, I'd rather just scroll on social. I'd rather watch something on Netflix. I'd rather, you know, whatever it is, I've only got a little bit of time left, but I haven't had any time for you today. So I'm going to take that time and I'm going to give it to you. That means more to him than if you were to wake up an hour early and spend that, that whole hour begrudgingly reading your Bible, you know, first thing in that morning because you, you, you feel like it's something you have to, whatever. It, but, but God wants to be with you whenever and wherever you are. 
He wants you to put him first. He does, but he understands our lives and he's gracious and he is forgiving in those moments. There's another story in the Bible that's pretty famous. It's actually like the first uh, siblings. And so it's interesting that we, we get this story of Adam and Eve, right? They, they get kicked out of the garden and then it immediately goes to their kids. They had two kids named Cain and Abel. And Cain decided to be a farmer, Literally the first farmer in the world. He decided, I'm going to grow things out of the land. And then we had Abel, and Abel was going to be a shepherd. He was going to raise livestock. And so we have these two brothers, literally the first two children of Adam and Eve, and they both understand that it's important to give God something. Immediately, before they, there's anything else in the Bible, they don't have the Bible for rules. They don't have anything, but they understand that God wants something. And it says right here in Genesis 4, it says, when they grew up, Abel became a shepherd while Cain cultivated the ground. He was a farmer. When it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Abel also brought a gift, the best portions of the firstborn lambs from his flock. The Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. What was that? Everybody got the same Amber Alert all at once. Dear Jesus, please be with this 13-year-old person who is... Traveling, ooh, missing. Lord, be with her in the name of Jesus. That's what I do with those if they're in Denver. It's in Denver, so you can all calm down about that one. Okay, so we've got these two brothers, right? They both understand right from the get-go that it's important that we give something to God. And Cain chose something, he said, gave some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. But Abel brought the best portion of the firstborn lambs from his flock. And the Lord accepted Abel's gift, and he did not accept Cain and his gift. When we are going through life and we need something from God, when we're going through life and we need help, we need peace, we're, we're, we're stressed, we're worried, we're fearful, we need comfort, we need provision, we need protection, we're wanting the best from God. God, give me your best comfort. Give me your best blessing. Give me your best protection. Give me your best portion. Whatever it is, God, I want the best. We have to ask ourselves this question. Am I giving God my best. I'm asking him for his best, but is he getting my best? And he is faithful, it says in the Bible, even when we are unfaithful, meaning God will still bless us. This isn't a you do something, therefore he will do something. This isn't an A plus B equals C scenario, but at the same time, as people who would love God, we need to go, I am asking him for his best for my life. But am I giving him my best? God wants what is best for each and every one of us. But what's best for us is giving him our best, making him the priority in our life, spending time focusing, praying, worshiping, listening, making Tuesday nights, making maybe even a Sunday morning service with your family. Don't just give God the leftovers. Give him what is the best the first, the, the best part of your day, those times where you can really focus in on him. And then also remember not to just fill in all the tiny gaps of your life with kind of pointless fluff. Know that if you can fill those, those tiny parts of your life with more of him, then your life will go that much better. Give God your first. And then if there's something good left over, give him some of that too. Let's pray. God, we love you so much. Thank you, Father, for giving us the lives we have. God, I pray, Lord, that you would just help us to be mindful of our time, 
that God, we would understand that you need to be first in our life because, not because, but because it's the best way to live. That if we put you first, then you'll take care of all of the other things that we have worrying about in our lives. God, if, if we put you first, the things that are left over will be taken care of by you. And we thank you for that promise, God, and we choose to accept it and believe in. So God, as we go out this week, God, and, and we, we, we wake up and we can help us to plan out our day, help us to find those moments, God, where we can put you first in our lives because we don't want to just give you the leftovers. We love you and it's in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the 4640 Student Center Podcast. For more information on what's happening in 4640, you can check us out on social media and at our website, 4640gj.com. Service times are Tuesday and Wednesday nights. Hope to see you there.